0: You work in a large nature reserve that's home to more than a thousand species of animals. At night, you drive through the territory in a Jeep to see if everything's okay. Most of the animals are sleeping. Suddenly, you hear the monkeys screaming. They jump from branch to branch. A herd of horses runs out of the forest. They look worried too. You hear many animals crying. Looks like some unknown strange thing has woken up and horrified the whole reserve. You see a flash in the night sky. It's a meteorite, and it's flying right towards you. You get in the car, hit the gas, and drive away as far as possible. The space rock falls right in front of you and throws your vehicle to the side. You pass out. The fallen meteorite emits some strange yellow energy. You're inside an overturned car, unconscious. All the animals have calmed down. Thousands of them silently approach the meteorite. Its energy envelops you and all the animals around. The more energy comes out, the smaller the space stone becomes. By the morning, the meteorite dissolves in the air. It has absorbed the animal powers and passed them on to you. You wake up in the grass near the car, surrounded by several people. These are the reserve employees and some guys in black suits. They study the crater in the ground and ask you what happened. You tell them about the meteorite, and they order you to go with them. One of them grabs you tightly by the shoulder. You don't like it, and you want to break out. Two men in black are holding you. You get angry and feel your muscles increase, and your skin becomes covered with fur. You quickly push the men away and roar. Your nails have turned into claws. You've received a bear's powers. Now you're just as strong and fierce. Agents in black are following you. You run away into the forest. You want to be faster and feel your spine changing its shape. Now you're running very fast on all fours. You've got the power of a cheetah, the fastest animal on earth. You're hiding in the forest. The agents are far behind you. You hear a helicopter from above. It shines a bright spotlight beam. Oh no, they've noticed you. Agents use a megaphone to ask you to stop. But you know what awaits you. Labs, experiments, life in a cage. You've seen a lot of movies about it, so you won't just give up. You run out of the forest. They release darts at you. You quickly run to a large lake and dive inside. Webbing has grown on your arms and legs. Your feet are like flippers. Your legs fuse into one big tail, and you are now a walrus. You quickly swim across the lake and come ashore on the other side. Several cars and motorcycles are circling the lake to catch up with you. There's another forest ahead, but this time it's too dense. There's not enough space to develop great speed, but you can get the strength of a monkey. Your hands get longer and your fingers become stronger. You jump up a tree, climb to the top, and inspect the reserve. You need to go south and get to a small town to eat and drink. After a couple of hours, you reach the reserve's border. Now you have to jump over a high fence. Your legs are getting strong. You jump like a kangaroo, but it's not high enough. You fall to the ground. The helicopter catches up to you. You get lizard powers. You get sticky scales on your palms. You quickly climb the concrete wall and jump to the other side. You find yourself in the tall grass. Agents are coming to you from all sides. You're thinking about a snake. Your arms and legs fuse with your body. Now you can crawl. You pass all the people and find yourself on the road. You see a car in the distance. Raise your hand and ask it to stop. Oh no, it's the agent's vehicle. They surround you. The searchlight from the helicopter is shining right on you. You have nowhere to go. But you don't really have to go. Your clothes tear on your back. Huge wings grow out of your shoulder blades. You rise into the air. It's pretty cold here, but the feathers on your body protect you from the wind. Great! You can fly! It's incredible! Ouch! You feel like someone has pinched you from behind. It's a dart. They got you. You want to sleep and fly down. You make a hard landing near a small wooden house. Agents are running after you. You get the powers of another animal and pass out. People in black are searching the house territory, but can't find you. Maybe the dart with the sleeping pill didn't work on you? After a few minutes, they leave. Meanwhile, you're sleeping peacefully against the wall of the house. At the last second, you manage to get chameleon powers. You merged with the wall and became invisible. You sleep for a couple more hours. The dawn breaks. A rusty rover pulls into the yard. Some old man and a dog come out of there. It runs up to you and starts licking your face. The old man realizes that there's an invisible person in front of him. You come to your senses and tell the old man what happened to you. He gives you some food and clean clothes. You thank him and go away. Now you need to leave the country as soon as possible. You're thinking of a bat. Your legs become overgrown with wings and webbing. You have fangs. You fly without seeing anything. Your eyesight has gotten worse, but your hearing is just fantastic. You have echolocation power and can emit ultrasounds at a high frequency. Somewhere in the distance, you hear a scream of a familiar person. Oh no, it's that old man! The agents attacked him! You turn around and fly straight to the house. One of the agents sees you. He's screaming in terror. You land and think about a rhino. Your body becomes enormous and your nose gets longer. You accelerate and knock down several agents. Then you turn over their car, run into the house and pull out the old man. He gets on your back as you're now a horse and you ride far away from there. You reach the mountains. The old man looks tired but grateful for the adventure. You can't share his joy because you don't know how it will end. You ask the old man to hide while you distract the pursuers. You're thinking of an animal. Your legs and arms turn into hooves. You're jumping up a cliff like a mountain goat. They can't get you here. But at that moment, the helicopter appears again. The agent is aiming a dart at you. Needles are growing on your back. You've got porcupine powers. You release a couple of needles into the agent. It distracts him for a few minutes. At this moment, a cougar jumps at you out of nowhere. It scratches you with its claws. You think about a lion and get its powers. You get on your back feet and growl loudly. The cougar gets scared and runs away. The helicopter is flying up. You speed up, jump off a cliff, and get the powers of the fastest bird in the world, the peregrine falcon. You dive down at great speed and land in the forest. Now you need to find the old man. You have a nose like a dog. Now you can smell your friend and walk towards him. At this moment, you come up with an excellent plan for how to stop those people in black.
1: Now get a load of this. A red whirlwind sweeps along the coast of Australia and heads toward the nearest city. This tornado is unique, not by its color, but by what is hidden inside it. These are great white sharks, hammerhead sharks, tiger sharks, and bull sharks. Shark! They fly inside the hurricane, snapping their jaws and trying to grab a piece of meat. People who look at this bizarre phenomenon from the outside think that they've got something in their drinks, but this is reality. A shark tornado can really exist or not? Yeah, let's find out. In 1877, a rather unusual tornado struck a farm in Southern California. About six small alligators about one foot in length fell from the sky that day. In 1894, a tornado traveled through England and dropped poisonous jellyfish on people. There's a version that tadpoles instead of jellyfish fell on the ground that day, but it still sounds quite strange. In Kentucky in 1876, there was a black humor rain. Hmm, doesn't sound funny to me. Pieces of meat fell from the sky. The locals tasted them and said it was like mutton or venison. However, later birds discovered that a flock of buzzards had flown over that area. The birds felt unwell and regurgitated their lunch right in the air. And then, I assume, so did the locals who tried it. In 1947, fish fell from the sky in Marksville, Louisiana. In 2005, there was a rain that contained thousands of frogs in Serbia. In 2010, a small town in Australia was hit by a rain of perches. You know, fish… And now, imagine that all these strange phenomena were caused by one villainous corporation where evil geniuses work, and one of them is you. So, you decide to make the most incredible natural cataclysm in history a tornado of sharks, or Sharknado. It seems like it's impossible, but you're going to try, because you have nothing better to do. So, first, we need to understand what a waterspout is. It's a column of rotating air filled with clouds. This vortex occurs during a thunderstorm when warm air releases a large amount of heat. This heat becomes the energy that moves the rising air currents. This warm, moist air goes up and cold, dry air descends. The difference in temperatures preserves instability and helps tornadoes develop. When it forms over the water, a tornado becomes a waterspout. It can draw in particles of seawater, some objects, and even fish. But everything depends on the strength of this vortex. You've probably seen it when tornadoes lifted cars into the air, or tore the roofs off of buildings. There's a video on the internet where a tornado raises cows into the air. And an ordinary cow weighs about 1,400 pounds. Now, in comparison, the great white shark is about 4,400 pounds. If a tornado could lift several cows, it could cope with a shark. But besides the great white one, there are tiger sharks, bull sharks, and hammerhead sharks. All of them weigh less. Therefore, there's no doubt that a tornado could possibly lift them into the air too. Okay, now we can assume it's in the realm of possibilities. The next step is to create a real tornado. To do this, you need to heat the air and then make it rotate. The cold air will start to go down, and you will get a whirlwind. One engineer from Canada named Lewis built devices that created tornadoes. He made several prototypes before assembling a real vortex engine. According to him, anyone could do it. However, these vortices were small. His device created thin jets of air that swirled and produced many tornadoes, which then quickly dissipated due to strong winds. Lewis started developing this idea to get a new source of electricity. But he needed to create a giant vortex that would go into the sky to power several houses. He didn't have enough finances and opportunities to do this, but the place where you work has enough money to do it. You take the concept of the vortex engine and invest several million dollars. You build several large turbines that direct air to one point and then heat it with the help of a powerful generator. To give your tornado more destructive power, you electrify the atmosphere. You can control the tornado and change its direction using a special control panel. You little evil mad scientist, you! So, you come to the coast of Australia, where there are many sharks of different species. To force them to gather in one place, you must throw several tons of minced meat into the water near the shore. Let me suggest that you don't do this by hand. The sharks immediately come there as soon as they smell the food. But there's a problem. These animals feel changes in the weather and don't approach the center of the storm. Therefore, to make sharks take risks, you need to make them angry and hungry enough. You go, Dr. Doofenshmirtz! (laughs) You spend millions of dollars to organize large-scale fishing. You throw huge nets into the water, and within a week, catch all the fish, shellfish, and other marine life that can become dinner for sharks. You move all the prey into giant aquariums and wait for the sharks to get hungry. A few days later, you notice many big fish congregating near the shore, looking for food. Then, you buy a couple of tons of ground beef from several butcher shops. You put it in a large container and lift it with the help of a helicopter. You dump the meat in a place where you see a lot of sharks. Lunch attracts fish within a one-mile radius. At this moment, a large ship with the tornado generator approaches the shore. Hey, can't quit now, right? You start the engines, and strong flows of warm air accumulate in the sky. Electricity flashes, and condensation creates rain. A powerful vortex begins to form in the sky. You control it and direct it towards the sharks. The whirlwind pulls pieces of ground beef from the water. The dust particles mix with the meat, and the tornado turns red. Oh, I think I'm going to barf. You increase the strength of the wind and see how the sharks begin to rise into the air. More precisely, they jump out of the water to grab the meat, and the tornado picks them up. When several sharks are inside the vortex, you direct them toward the shore. People are running in horror. Some sharks fall back into the water, and some fall to the beach. The hammerhead shark falls right into the kitchen of a coastal restaurant, and eats the whole menu. The shark is also a pig. You direct the shark NATO into the city. The storm lifts trees and cars into the air and rips off the roofs of houses. Some sharks fall down to the streets. People are running in different directions. The shark vortex passes through the city, scattering sharks. Of course, sharks don't crawl on the ground and don't try to eat people. They're just in shock and don't understand what's going on. Hey, what can I say? It's a PG sharknado. Even in the ocean, sharks don't like to bite people. All attacks occur because sharks mistake them for seals or other sea creatures, which all look like food. Also, toothy fish can swim up to people out of curiosity. And now they're disoriented and having big breathing problems. Fish need a constant flow of water passing through their oxygen-extracting gills. Depending on the species, sharks can last without water for several minutes to an hour. At this moment, you realize that you have carried out not a villainous plan, but a stupid thing that has caused so many fish to suffer. Now, you need to fix everything. You have several helicopters that can transport the fish back into the ocean, but they're twitching and snapping their jaws in fear. Therefore, to calm them down, you use darts with sedatives. Then, you help rescuers to fasten the sharks to the helicopters and lift them into the air. You have to get one fish out of an apartment on the seventh floor. Another shark was lying in the park. A hammerhead caused a big traffic jam on the road, and this tiger shark fell on a fire truck. Fortunately, they all have tough skin and strong muscles that protect them from damage. You pick up all the sharks and move them back to the ocean. No one and nothing has been hurt, except for one thing. Your reputation. You have failed your villainous plan and need to develop something new. This time, you'll create something that will really terrify people. You will invent a YouTube channel with nothing but ads. Alternate ending. You will invent a mega flood of spiders. Ew. Imagine, you wake up one day to a world
2: with no electricity, No internet, no money, no work or school. Nothing that you're used to. No, you're not in California when they shut the power off. You're not even in your own home because you've been magically transported to the Stone Age. What could possibly happen next? Of course, your first reaction would be shock, but let's move past that. You've now accepted that you get to experience life Flintstone style. First, let's look around. This is your cave, where you live with your family. You have your own sleeping area that's covered in animal skin. However, you might also live in a primitive hut, supported by mammoth tusks and ribs, with an animal skin over it as protection from the rain. Your morning routine won't include a quick trip to the bathroom or to brush your teeth or a hot cup of coffee. And if you're wondering where the Stone Age people did their business, well, it was basically anywhere outdoors. How convenient. Just pick a bush and go. Alright, it's time to get out and explore the New World world. But hey, don't forget to put on your clothes. No, nothing comfy and trendy from the mall. Back in the day, humans used the skins of the animals they hunted to create simple, rough loincloths. To make these hides more flexible, they had to chew them. Let's assume you already have an outfit for today and don't have to strain your jaws right now. Thousands of years in the future, humans will learn how to smoke these animal hides to make them last longer and start making tunics. What about footwear? Scientists believe it was present around 40,000 years ago. Take a small piece of animal skin and wrap it around your foot. Then stuff hay under the heel to create some kind of sole. Voila, one shoe is done. Do the same with the other foot and you're ready to roam. Now, don't be scared. You're not gonna face a giant mammoth right outside the shelter. Ancient humans were pretty smart and learned animals' habits because it was the only way to survive in the wild. So they chose caves or built huts in the safest places they could find. Now, go down to the river and wash your face. Are you curious to find out what you'd look like in the Stone Age? Take a peek at your reflection in the water. See, you're not that much different from the modern you. Just that your hair is a mess and you might be a few inches shorter with a more developed jaw because of the harsh diet. And look at those bulky muscles. Well, that's what you get when your life is all about running and fighting with wild animals while hunting. Yes, hunting is on your to-do list today. But first, it's time for breakfast. Luckily, you have some leftovers from dinner. Eggs, wild fruits, and berries. Sorry, no gas stove to cook the eggs. Why not try to do it over the fire? Here's a free tip. Find two small but sturdy and dry wooden sticks Place some dry leaves or a chunk of your own hair at the base for kindling and rub the sticks vigorously against each other. Keep going. Be patient. Okay, finally there's an ember. Good job. Now you can cook your breakfast using a flat stone as a frying pan. Need a fork? Sorry, that won't be invented for thousands of years. See that seashell attached to a wooden stick? That is your spoon. Come on, the jungle is waiting for you thankfully the ice age is long gone so the weather is warm and lush greenery is in abundance that's good for you since you have to pick different edible plants nuts fruits and wild grains it wasn't until around 10,000 bce that folks in the stone age learned how to grow their crops and domesticate animals only then could they finally stop moving from place to place in search of good hunting grounds oh look there's some grapes let's snatch them but how do we gather grains you might be wondering well, allow me to introduce you to some Stone Age tools. By the way, the Stone Age is named after the tools that humans invented that were made out of wood? No, obviously stone. Let me help you out again. Here's a U-shaped stone sickle that knocks down the grain stalks. It's time to bring everything you collected to your camp. Now that the shock of time traveling is worn off, you notice that there are a few other huts near your dwelling. Those are your neighbors. Betty and Barney rubble, I guess. Stone age people usually united in groups of 20 to 50 and help each other to survive. Okay, you can eat grapes and other fruits raw, but what can you do with raw grain? To separate the grains from the husks, take a stone bowl and a small grinding stone and grind the grains. Now, if you mix smashed grains with water, you'll get gruel. Fry it on stones the way you did with the eggs, and there's your first flatbread. Yeah, it doesn't taste amazing, but don't forget, it's going to be another 15,000 years before your favorite bakery gets built. Is it dusk already? Brace yourself, my friend, because you are about to go hunting. But I've got good news for you. You don't have to do it alone. Stone Age people survived this period because they did almost everything together. So call up your camp neighbors and get ready. How would you feel living in such harsh conditions? Let me know in the comments but how did humans communicate back then at the very beginning of the stone age they only used a series of cries and gestures to express their fear joy pain or warning to the others about imminent danger it was much later that they learned how to pronounce specific sounds using their teeth tongue and mouth that's how both speech and language was developed which made their life much easier and leveled up their teamwork of course, anthropologists have no clue how exactly their language sounded since obviously no written traces are left and nobody left any tapes either. Oh, what's a tape? Ancient technology, don't worry about it. So, you and your camp fellows need to take some special hunting tools with you. What are they? The first and most primitive things used for taking animals down were long sharpened wooden sticks and sometimes just a big rock, but over time, sharpened sticks turned into sophisticated spears. The points weren't made of metal yet, of course. It's too early for that. Instead, they used small, sharp-edged stones attached to a long bone or stick. This was a very important invention since it made hunting less dangerous. Their chances of staying alive were better because they didn't have to get as close to an animal and could hunt it from a distance. As dusk settles, your hunting group goes deep into the jungle. You should be looking for large herbivore animals like elephants, woolly mammoths, giant bison, deer, and reindeer. They won't be only your dinner, but will also give you a supply of furs, bones, horns, and hides that you can use for your household. There were two main hunting techniques back then. The first was rather time-consuming, but safe. It included digging a huge hole around the place where animals went to drink water. That hole served as the trap for your game. But you're going to have to dig it out without a spade or shovel. You'll need the help of a digging stick. A wooden stick with a horn at the top. Or a large cleaver, an oblong shaped stone or bone. After the hole is ready, you'd have to hide nearby and wait patiently for an animal to fall in. The other technique required the whole hunting party chasing the animal down and forcing it into mud and water channels where they get stuck and have no way to get out. Did you see that? It's a deer! Run! Run as fast as you can, and try to corner it straight into the swamp! Oh no, got away. Yeah, not every hunting session is going to be a success. In fact, most won't. But your tribe still needs something for dinner. Better move on to fishing, then. Don't worry, you won't have to catch fish with your bare hands. Fishing nets and harpoons are at your disposal. Nets were made from tree bark and grass. The oldest one, found by archaeologists, dates back to 8,300 BCE. Harpoons made of antlers usually had a rope to pull the catch back up to shore. It was used mostly for big targets like whales, tuna, and swordfish. Okay, once you've asked around where a good spot would be, throw the net in the river. Now you have to wait. Oh, look, there's some fish. Pull the net with all your might. Come on, tribe, help him out. I mean, don't look at me, I'm just narrating here. All right, good catch, and not a moment too soon. You've just made sure you won't go hungry tonight. Bring what you caught into the camp and get some rest. The others will take care of the catch. Now, I know what you're thinking. It's all work and no play. And yeah, life in the Stone Age was anything but easy. But still, humans did have some forms of entertainment. No, you're not going to an amusement park or a cinema, but you can pass the time playing music on flutes made from bird bones and mammoth ivory. You can also take up a hobby like crafting, making necklaces and bracelets from tusks, bones, and shells. Or you can get full-on artsy and draw patterns on your body using a paint made from okra. It's a type of red clay. Or paint some pictures in a cave. Carve something crazy to make archaeologists in the future wonder what it meant. Can you smell that? It's dinner time. Go on, enjoy it, you deserved it. Doesn't it taste so much better since you worked so hard for it? All right, now that you've experienced a day in the Stone Age, let's take you back home to the modern day. The next time you complain that your internet is too slow or the food you ordered is 15 minutes late, think about how much harder life used to be for people in the Stone Age and how it is only thanks to their tireless efforts to survive that you and I get to enjoy our pretty comfortable lifestyle today.